Good morning, everyone, and welcome to week seven of the Logic Sports NFL Sunday podcast. I'm Samar Davis, and today I'm just joined by Dan Pleat. How are you doing today? Pretty good. Ready for some football. Yeah, I'm ready for some football as we watch football during this podcast. Uh, I'm only talking to Dan during this podcast because I play him in fantasy this week. <laughs> but uh, let's get right into it, and we're going to start off with the one o'clock games, and our one o'clock game that we're going to focus on is the... Carolina Panthers, who are 3-2, visiting Lincoln Financial Field to play the 3-3 three three Philadelphia Eagles. And, Dan, this is your team, so I'm going to let you talk about this game first. Uh, I feel like the Eagles will come out strong at home. Uh, it will probably be a, a sloppier game because the Eagles have looked pretty sloppy this year, but I think the Eagles can pull it out. Uh, I mean, it's going to be a close game. I think uh, both teams are really good, and I think they're – kind of relying on the defenses right now. So what whatever offense to get going first can really, uh, I think, like, take control of the game. And if I had to take a prediction, then it will probably be the Eagles just because they're at home and their defense plays a lot different at home than they do on the road. They only had really one bad defensive game at home, which was the Vikings game. But the Panthers, they don't really have as strong as receivers as the uh, Vikings. And that can kind of go to the Eagles' favor as their secondary is the weak point of the defense. It's going to be a lot of Cam Newton and Christian McCaffrey. And I kind of want to see that matchup going against the Eagles' front seven. Yeah, like Cam is right now one of the low, like really close to the the worst like passing yards, I believe. Like he's close to 30 right now. So that's good for the Eagles' secondary. That's kind of like an easier matchup, hoping that Cam comes out like he has so far this season and not like a Super Bowl kind of cam. So as long as our corners kind of kind of stay within themselves and read cam like like uh, the cornerbacks who have played him so far this year have, then I feel like they, they could be solid because, like you said, the front seven's pretty good, and they could kind of hold McCaffrey a little bit, hoping that they know how to tackle today. So as long as they uh, kind of read cam and see what, how he's doing today and kind of – kind of just make sure he doesn't run, I feel like, then then they'll have a good game. Yeah, that's what every team kind of has to focus on with Cam because, like, he's just a really good runner. And he, that that can just get, like, build the, the team out of, like, third down situations because they have every receiver covered. Then Cam Newton just takes off. But if you shift to the Eagles side of the ball on offense, what do you think the Eagles have to do to uh, score, score today? I just think they have to let Wentz throw down field. Like, as an Eagles fan, this one actually, like, like, hits home for me because I've been watching them all season, and it's like I keep seeing, like, a three-yard out or something. But finally, at the, like, second half of the Giants game, Peterson start or whoever calls the play start calling it for Wentz to throw it, like, 10, 15 yards to, like, Ertz or Jeffrey. Like, actually go downfield. Like, even Matthews was getting some, like, quick slants that got 10 yards. When you're throwing those three-yard outs, like, I see it in every football game. When you throw those three-yard outs, it almost never works. Because the guy has to catch it and then turn around and still get the first down. And there's yeah. always – people read that so easily. So mm-hmm. if they're letting Wentz throw downfield, then I feel like they could be solid. Because even though the Panthers have, like, a good front seven, their their corners aren't fantastic. And we have we have Jeffrey. We have Ertz. We have Aguilar, who, love, who gets open really well downfield. Like, if we're throwing downfield and they let Wentz just kind of let loose – and have, like, a, a Wentz kind of day like he did last year, like, I think we could be solid. Cause like, like I said, when we played the Panthers last year, Wentz made it look kind of easy, honestly, mm-hmm. at the end of the game. Like, when he finds that matchup that he likes to go to, that's when he really thrives. So if they let him go downfield to, to, the, to like, e- like an easy pass to, like, Jeffrey over the middle or something, like, we'll be solid, I believe. Yeah, I mean, with that, it comes with a balance, in my opinion. I think the Eagles just have to 
balance out the running with the passing because Carolina's a running offense. So if they fall too in love with the passing passing game like they have at certain points this season, then it can hurt because they won't have the ball enough and your defense will be on the field a lot. Because the Panthers are a running team, they're gonna they're gonna eat the clock up. They're gonna do a lot of that. So the Eagles don't they don't want to come out. I think like firing unless Wentz is on because if he's if he's not on or like if he's just not being able to complete passes for some reason, then it could work against them because the Panthers they have good ball control, good ball possession because they're a run first football team with Cam Newton and McCaffrey, and also have C.J. Anderson who's pretty good. So. I mean, the Panthers' offense doesn't really scare me, but knowing they can run the ball, that's what the Eagles have to kind of do, too. They have to run the ball because, if not, like I said, the Panthers would just take advantage of the uh, the control. But who do you think needs to have a bigger game out of Wentz or Cam Newton? I think Cam. I, I really do believe Wentz is kind of getting back into it at this point. And Cam, like I, like I said before, is, is one, of the, one of the worst, like, passing quarterbacks in the league right now. Like, he's got to show that... Like he doesn't look bad. Like there, you said the three and two, correct? Yeah, three and two. He looks he looks good. Like the team as a whole looks good. But he having the stat that he's the lower half of the league, closer to thirty, honestly, is mm-hmm. is kind of bad. Like knowing that he can get that team to a Super Bowl, like he has gotten that team to a Super Bowl, like he can't he can't be doing that. He can't have to rely on his legs every time. He's looking like like a prototypical running running quarterback at this point. You don't you don't really want that. You want what you had in Cam when he can throw it downfield and then use his legs and his body to get there, you know? Do you think that has to come with his receivers or do you think it's just Cam? I, I think he just has to keep trying his receivers. Like, it's not... I'm not saying he's doing bad. It's just it's looking bad on his stats. Like, he looks at Funchess a lot, who I really like. Yeah. He's on my fantasy team, so I might be biased, but I believe he's... Since he has the build to be, like, a bigger and faster uh, a wide receiver, like, he has he has a good body to, to really... um to thrive in the NFL like a lot of the, the better receivers do. So Cam just has to keep looking at him. And then when he's, like, in trouble, like, McCaffrey will always be there. So Cam just has to kind of simplify it for himself because he kind of seems like he's trying to do too much. Like, he, he wants to be Superman, and I really like that about him, but all the time, he can't all the time. Like, there are sometimes he just kind of chucks it up, like, not knowing where he's even throwing it. It's not good. Yeah, I just think the league kind of caught up to him because back when he had that MVP run, he was making a lot of the throws, but now, like, kind of starting last year, I was noticing, like, he's really not that accurate. Like, he has a strong arm, but his accuracy is not really there, and I think it comes with his footwork. You see him in the pocket. He stands tall in the pocket. That's good, but he doesn't really move his feet that much in the pocket and stuff like that. So, I mean, he just needs to really just get into it, and hopefully uh, Greg Olson coming back last week can help him. You know, they have another week of practice. That can help him get into a passing rhythm because that's a security blanket. But besides that, I think it's just like the the offensive play calling. They're they're just not that that good, Carolina, and they only really have McCaffrey. And teams know that, and teams kind of focus on McCaffrey, and they're making it difficult for him. And that's why the Panthers kind of been struggling after they got on to a hot, they got off to a hot start. Because remember the week before last week, they they almost barely beat the Giants, so they could easily be two and three right now. Yeah. So. And then their first game also against Dallas, they only scored 16 points. So right now their their offense needs to get going if they really want to win because the Eagles are a team that can score points. And if their offense can't score points, then it can get ugly. I don't think it would get to that point, but Cam Newton needs to play one of his best games of the season because Carolina's in a tough division, and they know that. And the Eagles, they're also in a tough division kind of talent-wise, not record-wise. So, I mean, I think the Panthers need this game more. And if I had to pick a team to win, I would probably go Carolina on the road in a close one. How about you? 
Uh, I'm going to go Eagles also in a close one. My score prediction, I'm going to say 24-17. to 17, A one-score game where Cam will have the ball and then he'll make a mistake, which will help the Eagles win. I mean, yeah, I can see that happening. I got 21-20 Panthers in a close game. Probably last-second field goal. Oh, that would hurt. Yeah, it would hurt. That would hurt for you, that not hurt. for me, really. Yeah. But, but, yeah, that's that. But moving on to the uh, 4 o'clock games, we have the New Orleans Saints going against the Baltimore Ravens. The Saints, 4-1, one, one of the best teams in the NFL, as the as we expected. The Ravens, 4-2, kind of surprising everyone a little bit. Joe Flacco's been on his game. And their defense has been really good. So I'm kind of looking forward to the, the Saints offense versus the Ravens defense matchup. What do you see happening there? Uh, Honestly, I think this might be a blowout. Like, I know the Baltimore is actually favorite. I believe it's two and two and a half points yeah. they got. But I think that's just because they're at home. Usually they give the home team three points. So I think the Saints might come in there and just just blow the roof off that place like they got ingram back now thomas is coming off they're coming off a bye thomas is coming off a bad game before the bye so i feel like breeze will especially after breeze just broke that record he has all confidence in the world right now and all rest after those two weeks off man so i think he's going to come out they'll run it to camara they'll run it to ingram but then teams are going to see that that works so well that they'll have to like stack the box more or less and that's when thomas will get wide open and like easy passes for breeze yeah, I think it's going to come down to they, they can't stop all three of those playmakers. No, definitely not. You have Ingram, Thomas, and Kamara, and they're all, you know, all pro at their level and at their position. So the Ravens' defense, they're really good. And it comes with their front seven with, like, guys like Matt Judon and Terrell Suggs and other and T.J. Mosley, guys like that. But I see a weak point in their secondary. It's not like their secondary is weak because they still have Eric Weddle and, uh, and other guys like that. But... Michael Thomas is a different type of receiver, and he's there's a lot of big name receivers in his league, like Mike Evans, Julio Jones, Odell Beckham, and they're kind of like the big play guys. And when you when you look at Michael Thomas, he seems like he's a big play guy, but he's a possession receiver, and he will get them up the field on every play if they had to. Like first two games of the year, you saw Michael Thomas just all over the field, whether it's a deep route, short route, anything. So I think Baltimore's going to struggle defending that especially coming off of play action with Ingram or Kamara and also you have to worry about Kamara in the passing game they also have um Ted Ginn Cameron Meredith Ted Ginn's out all right well Cameron Meredith will do well well, yeah Cameron Meredith is is more than capable number two receiver he probably is more of a two receiver than Ted Ginn is just because of his size and his build I just I think I kind of agree with you that the Saints will win I'm not sure if it will be a blowout but I think they'll probably win favorably but the Ravens' offense is kind of weak, and so is the Saints' defense. Do you see anything going on there? See, I, I, I understand where you come from saying the Ravens' offense is weak, but at the same time, like, they have they have parts. Like, I don't think that they're going to score, like, 40 on the Saints. I think the Saints' defense is pretty bad, so I think they'll get a good number. The only reason I said the Saints will blow them out is because I think the Saints will get, like, an out, like an amazing number, like 40-something, and the Ravens will end up, like, Ravens a high 20, you know? Yeah. They just can't match it. But, like, in their offense, like... It might not be it might not be considered one of the best in the league, but like they have those they have pieces. If Flacco's throwing the ball like he so far has this year, to to guys like new guys like John Brown, Michael Crabtree, Willie Sneed, like they have pieces to do well on offense. Mm-hmm. And this is the game that they really have to show that because because you saw you can you've seen how bad New Orleans offense is. Like week one they let up like 40, 48. 48 to to the Bucks. I know the Bucks were really good that week. Uh, 
the first few weeks of the season, but that's just a lot of points. Like, you know that that defense just – they don't have it right now. So if, if Baltimore can come in to their house and just kind of light it up on offense and try to keep it out of Drew Brees' hands, then they do have a chance. But I really don't see them getting more than, like, 30 points, and I see the Saints getting, like, 40 to 50. Mm-hmm. Do you think <laughs> Flacco's been motivated this year because Lamar Jackson's behind him? Yeah, honestly. I feel like them putting in Lamar Jackson, those few plays to, like, run it, have really made him wonder if, if he is that still that guy. Like, I know he gets all the passes, but after this year, like, unless he does, like, outstanding and says he wants to stay, it's going to be hard for them to really have a spot there for him because he's getting old. You know, he's he's had a lot of rust lately, like, in the past few years. But now they're 4-2, and two, so if they can keep this up, he's just trying to keep his job. Like, I do think he, he has that chip on his shoulder with Lamar Jackson yeah. being right behind him as his first-round pick. He does, but I also think Baltimore's kind of forced him playing him because he's, he's owed a lot of money for at least three or four more years. So if they want to go Lamar Jackson, that's just going to be the most expensive backup in NFL history. Yeah. And no team is going to want to trade trade that for that contract or anything. But... If they keep going like this, they have a really solid chance of winning their division because right now it looks like it's just going to be them and the Bengals because the Steelers, I don't know about them. There's head lady was supposed to, to come back. It's just hard to back. keep them out of the race, you know? Yeah, it's, it's hard. So it, it is hard to keep Pittsburgh out. But, you know, as of right now, Baltimore's, I mean, Baltimore's playing really good and so is Cincinnati. And they both have tough games this week. So we'll really see if both of those teams are, are built for it. But when I look at Baltimore, I just don't know how they're that great because – I look at their offense, and I like to pick up a Crabtree. That's probably one of my favorite pick up, pickups. I think he's a solid receiver, great red zone threat. But besides that, you know, I'm not really a strong believer in the running game, but it's been working this year. And I know they have a good offensive line. And Joe Flacco is definitely motivated. And I think Lamar Jackson coming down in the red zone on certain plays definitely gets defenses going. But, I, like, this game would really uh, determine if I think the Ravens are good. Not even <laughs> if they if they lose, they could still – Prove to me that they're a solid team, but they can't come out here and look bad because if they do, then that, then that can give Cincinnati a momentum who's playing Kansas City team. And if they beat Kansas City or play good against Kansas City, then that can just shift momentum early in the season because momentum is a big part. But going into the last game, as we were talking about momentum, a team that has zero momentum right now, the New York Giants, they're 1-5. They're, they're struggling, and they're going to go face Atlanta – that's two and four. They're also struggling this year, but they don't seem like they, they they should be that bad. But let's start with the Giants. What do you think is really their problem this season? I just think they have locker room issues. Like, we talked a lot about this when we talked about the Steelers and, like, Le'Veon. But when you have a guy like Odell who who is throwing a tantrum even though they just scored a touchdown, I feel like that's just not – like, they they just don't have the, the chemistry anymore. Like, Odell doesn't know if he wants Eli to even throw him the ball – Eli doesn't even look good. Like, he hasn't looked good in a few years, I feel like. And, like, when you have a guy like Saquon that you drafted who just wants to play football, it, it's hard because because he's just there trying to do his best and everyone else is just there, like, like arguing, you know? Yeah. Like, he wants to stay out. Like, I feel bad for him. Like, I think I said this to you a while ago. Like, I feel bad watching him do so well and then go to the sideline, like, upset because his team is not working together. It's just him out there sometimes. Like, he... He was, like, the only one who could do anything for the Giants against the Eagles. Like, it, it was... In every game. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Because you got this guy who could be the the best running back in the league in a few years. Like, he really could. But when you don't have a team around him, you're going to make him look worse. And, like, I really feel bad for him because I really wanted to see him do well in the NFL. And he is doing well, but it's only going to get worse if this team doesn't figure it out. Yeah, I mean, that's 
that's kind of why I felt like they shouldn't have drafted Saquon Barkley. Definitely, he's probably hands down the best player in the draft. Him or Denzel Ward, at least so far. Yeah. But right now, the Giants have way more problems than there's a running back. And I kind of, I don't know why people kind of thought of it. Because last year, you know, they started off 0-5 or 0-6, whatever it was. And they they went to go finish with the second-worst record in the NFL just because the Browns couldn't get a win. And, you know, they get Saquon Barkley. And all of a sudden, you know, like, I'm one of these people, too. Everyone thinks that, okay, look, they can go out there and be 10-6 and 11-5 because they have Odell and Saquon Barkley now. Like, they have star power. They don't even need a really good quarterback because they have that. But when you look at the the Giants last year, they were 0-5 with Odell, with Brandon Marshall, with Sterling Shepard, with all these guys. And, and, it, and you can obviously tell it was more than just a talent thing because they have the talent on defense and on offense because they did it two, three years ago when they made the playoffs at 11-5. So... Right now, it's definitely a locker room issue, and I, f- I do feel bad for Saquon, but it comes to Odell Beckham, and I think it comes with making him the highest-paid wide receiver because that just goes to his head. He feels like he can do whatever he wants. Like mm-hmm. It's very immature. Like I would feel kind of mad if I'm an owner, and I give $95 million to a receiver, and I see him in his house doing an interview talking crap about my quarterback with Lil Wayne next to him. Like How does that look? <laughs> like You know, like that's really just like, why? Why are you doing that? Yeah. And stuff like that. But let's talk about the game and the Falcons and the Giants. I kind of think the Giants are out of it. But who do you think needs the the win the most? Um, it, it's that's a hard question just because the circumstances they both face in their division. I think the Giants do just because that's a confidence booster in them. The Falcons have a they have a hard division with like the Saints doing well, the Panthers doing well, and even the Bucks are over them, I believe, right now in record-wise. Or they might be tied with them, mm-hmm. I forget. But the the Giants just have all those issues, and I feel like a win right now against a team who's down even would be would be all they need just to get their confidence because because a, a win, for them to win, Odell's going to have to have a good game. Saquon's going to have to have a good game. And I'm, I'm going to say Eli's going to have to have a really good game. So if they all have really good games, no one's going to be that upset. Like, Odell was upset when Saquon scored, I believe, but just because he wasn't getting the ball. But, like, if he's getting the ball, he won't be upset. So just, I just, I know it's hard to just be, like, give him the ball because he's being, because he's mad, but he is one of the best receivers in the league. If you just throw him the ball, like, he, he might, he honestly has a good chance to catch it. So, like, I just want Eli to just throw him the ball. Like, keep throwing him the ball, and he'll stop being mad, and, and he'll make everyone in the locker room happy. Because when Odell's happy, I feel like that locker room's happy. You've seen him when he got when he got that money. Sterling Shepard was hyping him up. Saquon was hyping him up. They are all so happy for him. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying when he is happy, I know this is like cliche, and you shouldn't you shouldn't make one guy on your team the only one who has to be happy. But when he's happy, they, I feel like they do well. Yeah, like he's do, dancing but, and stuff, you know? But that's the thing. Like, Odell is such a... Uh, like a fair weather player, like they're not gonna do well every game, and they're, they're one in they're one in four now, one in five, one in five. They're, yeah, they're one in five now. So, they come out here and they win this game. They can they can win the game. They go two and five. But look, you have the you still have to worry about the the Redskins still. Either the Redskins or the Cowboys have to get a win. Yeah. And then the Eagles are playing the Panthers. They can easily get a win there. So they look at it at least two. There's, there's there can be two teams in the division that get another win, yeah. and they're already they already lost to the Cowboys. They already lost to the Giants. So in my opinion, I you think mean the Eagles. I mean, yeah, they already yeah. lost to the Eagles. I'm sorry about that, but my opinion, I think the Falcons need this game the most because they're still alive technically. They're two games. They're two games out from the uh, the Saints. They have this is the game that if I'm the Falcons, I'm looking like we can win this game because 
why not? They're dysfunctional. There's there's teams that are not even that good. There's teams in our division that are beating the Giants, and they're making them look bad. So the Falcons definitely have an offense to do that. They can come out here. They have three good receivers. They can come out there and, and win the game, and they can stop. They have a good pass rush. I know their their defense is banged up, but they have a good pass rush, and that's all you need to beat the Giants because Eli Manning gets scared out of his mind back there. He doesn't know what he's doing, and that's why Odell can't get the ball because if the line is bad, Eli gets scared. You have to be tough in that situation. And to, to be honest, the only person I think can succeed for the Giants is Saquon Barkley because the, the Falcons have a terrible running run-stop defense. But when it comes to the pass rush, then the Falcons will probably come out there and get pressure on Eli. And I think they need they need to do that because of their circumstances because they're not really out of it. I think the Giants, they're not really out of it either. They're only two games back. But knowing what they've done, they, they can't. It's hard for them to catch back up. Like, knowing the hole that they put themselves in. But what's your prediction for this game? Uh, I think Matty Ice will come out and do really well. I think I'm, I think you were going to say it. I really do think Julio will get a touchdown this game. Like, it, it's weird that he doesn't have one. But at this point, he's probably really saying to Matt Ryan, like, if you throw it up in the end zone, like, I'm going to catch it this time. Like, it's, you don't, the Giants I mean, don't have a great. Been, that should have been done weeks ago. It should have. It really should have. But it's like. I don't know what they're doing, but I really think that this week he'll just be like, this is a bad team, just throw me the ball. Like, he gets all the yards to get downfield, he doesn't get the touchdown, so I feel like it's just going to happen. Like, it has to happen this week. In prime time, I think he's going to come out and get one. So, I think Matt Ryan will have a really good game. Like, he's been solid this year, even though they're bad. Um, He'll be finding different receivers, and I think Tevin Coleman will help him in the backfield because he'll, once he spreads the ball out to his receivers, then they'll be backed up the Giants and... Tevin Coleman as a big running back will we'll kind of just be going downfield at that point once he gets the ball. And I'm going to say in a high-scoring game because both defenses don't look great, I'm going to say 31-27 to 27, um, Falcons. Well, that's closer to what I think. I think the Falcons will win. I like the 31 number, so I'm going to say 31 Falcons and 16 Giants. I I think it might be closer early. The Giants will get a couple field goals, but I think in the second half, I'm not really convinced how Pat Shermer is when it comes to adjusting. So I'm going to go Falcons 31-16 in the game, and that leads us into easy pickings because my easy pickings is going to be the Atlanta Falcons over the New York Giants. Uh, I'm just not convincing the Giants. Like, they have <laughs> locker room issues. They're definitely not as a 1-5 team on paper, but... The way their locker room is looking and how they've been looking these past couple of weeks, they've been getting violated. So I think the Falcons, I'm going to take them as my easy pickings and try to win this week. I'm going to go with one that's a little more risky that I don't even know if you'll like. I'm going to go with the Cowboys at the no, Redskins not winning. A good one. Not a good one. I just think that after seeing what they did to the Jags, they have they have that momentum, like you said, is really it's really good this time of year just to get those wins yeah. in the middle of the season so you don't have to worry about it more at the end. And they definitely need, like, what's their record right now? Three and three. Three and three. So if they go to four and three, that's actually solid yeah. for what our, what the NFC East looks like. Yeah, I, think that they're, I think that they'll go into the Redskins uh, stadium, and even though the Redskins will look really good at home against good teams, I think that they'll come out, the Cowboys, and, and do what they should have been doing the whole time, going to Beasley, going to Zeke. Like they like just feeding those guys the ball like the easy like Dak if Dak's not doing it as uh if Dak's not trying to do too much that's when they win and he yeah. last few weeks he's been doing just that and he's I think that they're Dak. yeah I think he's been figuring it out and that's why that's why I picked them as my easy pickings. 
Well, yeah, I like that one. I actually, yeah, I'm a Cowboys fan. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that's going to wrap up uh, week seven of the Logic Sports NFL Sunday podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Podcast Logic and tune in on Thursday for the Logic Sports podcast. Uh, we'll talk to you. Enjoy some football and have a great day. Go Eagles. Go Cowboys. <laughs>